man, I love that music. I got that um, a while back, and I went through and I selected like two or three different ones that I thought would be really cool. And uh, anyway. Yeah. No, I like it too. Get you pumped up. Yeah. It's good. Oh, man. All right. So sitting here with me is Paul Martinez. Hey, guys. And Kyle Neal is back with us. And of course, if you listen to probably, geez, I'm going to go back 10 episodes maybe now, 80 episodes, who knows? It's somewhere within that marker. Uh, you're going to hear an episode where Kyle describes he was part of 173rd and uh, was talking about uh, traumatic brain injury. And Paul all of a sudden dropped this bomb about SGB. And uh, yeah, how do you say that again? Stellate ganglion block. Okay, say it again. Stellate. Stellate. Ganglion. Ganglion block. I was going to hose it up if I didn't yeah. write it down. So it's, it's a good a, thing. It's an SGB. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's good that you're back and that everything is good because now we're going to talk about the procedure itself a little bit more in detail. What you went through is a personal experience. Of course, Paul also went through it as well. And in the future, the guy who actually did this, Dr. Sean Mulvaney, is going to be on the podcast, but it's going to be a different perspective to hear it from a doctor, my Mm -hmm. assumption, as opposed to hearing it from two patients. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah. So anyway, here, let's pull your microphone up a little bit closer, you know, here. I didn't know. Does that work? Yeah. With that chair, I figured that chair was too low, but I forgot how tall you were. Technical difficulty. So anyway, we're all back together. The family's here. So I want to get into, after the podcast episode aired, how quickly was it that you were in contact with their office? No more than 48 hours. No more? (laughs) No more than 48 hours. It was quick. Um, Angela researched it she your does wife her, yeah. yeah my wife sorry um she does all types of anything medical she's a nurse um so she immediately jumped on it um, what was her perception of it like yeah did, when you came home up? she did some research because she didn't hear the episode initially because it no. was out like a week later or yeah. something like that if this is true this is a game changer were her words nice right so if if we buy the magic beans and then it grows, uh, right? It, I'm curious. Yeah. To, so, wait. Before that, how did you present it? What, what What was the ways after you left here? How did you present it to her so that she could at least gain enough information? Or was it you just gave her a nugget of what you knew at that moment and said, "Hey, there's this thing," and then she went out and did research? There's this thing. This yeah. doctor. Okay. Sixty minutes. There's this guy. He's yeah. he's proof, right? He he at least is one person. Yeah. And it's worth a shot. So, hmm. and it's absolutely life changing, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, like sitting here with you, Kyle, you look younger. You got more color in your face. Your voice sounds a little different to me. Like your demeanor seems a little bit different. Like you're same guy. Yeah. But it's like it's it looks to me like you like a burden's been lifted off your shoulders. Oh, absolutely. Um, like the rucksack analogy. Yeah. Is real. The Emotional release is real. A lot of big feelings immediately afterwards. Um, and it just, I don't know. It's its getting the procedure done in a really safe space by a guy who isn't your typical doctor, who kind of knows what you've been through, kind of been through it himself, kind of cocky, which is, to me, was awesome. Confident. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah, loved every minute of it. Soaked it all up. I'm like, yeah, Doc, go ahead and knock it out three or four times. Well, Paul and I talked, 
while you were on the episode and you were sitting here and we were talking, I remember watching you because, you know, Paul was sharing, you know, what the experience was like and in, in his mm-hmm. own, you know, way of describing it. And of course, once he mentioned what it felt like, I could see your expressions. And of course, what I talked about a lot to other people, like, you know, my wife and family and stuff who, you know, it'd be like, you know, I was watching Kyle and you could see the expressions on your face to mm-hmm. where it was like, oh my God, he's inside my head right now. Exactly. He knows what I'm feeling. There was a lot of things that Paul and his girlfriend said that night that made it real. Yeah. That made it where it wasn't a magic potion, where it wasn't magic beans. It was something very real. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's one of the things I kind of learned about <clears throat> researching this procedure and then talking to people who've had it done and then getting it done is that like, I'm not the only guy out there that gets anxiety about going to the grocery store. We just had a, yeah. a guest on the podcast we recorded a few mm-hmm. minutes ago and he said the same thing completely unprompted. He's like, you can have a panic panic attack going to the grocery store and this is a, a cop who intervenes in violent crimes on a daily basis and the kind of person yeah. that you know you and i you or i could run towards gunfire right now not bad an eye it'd be fine but if i have to make a grocery list and get to the grocery store sometimes that's not going to happen mm-hmm. and that's kind of a you're not the only one feeling that way yeah and that that was a relief to learn but then finding out that there's a procedure that can make that better and less of an obstacle i mean it gives you a significant portion of your well, life back. I, I think, and I'm an outsider, kind of, you know, I, I haven't had this procedure, but listening to this, you know, initially it was one of these things where I thought um, th- there can't be a magic potion. It doesn't, it can't be one size fits all type of thing. You, you wouldn't think that it would be something so magical and so easy um, because otherwise everybody would be doing it. Isn't that normally what you hear? It's like, oh man, if it's that good, Kyle, if it's that good, yeah. Paul, you know, why isn't everybody who's suffering from traumatic brain injury, anxiety, whatever the case may be, having this procedure done? Right. The thing for me is it initial, the initial reaction, the initial physiological reaction is the magic potion. But there's still work to be done in the hours, days, weeks after it. You have to train yourself not to react that way based on the fact that you don't feel that way anymore. Is, am I saying this yeah. correctly? Yeah, 100%. Big thing with, you know, I got a six, a four, and a two-year-old. I noticed that I was a completely different dad going uh, the days afterwards. Um, and there's some still things that I, I've learned that are non-negotiable for me as a father. But there are other things that really aren't that big of a deal. Um, and learning that those things aren't really the big of a deal. and no, And not having that reaction again, but just kind of muscle memory mm-hmm. with those reactions mm-hmm. it's kind of like no don't do that instead of yeah. whatever i did before that right yeah no and, I, I can totally get that and that's the thing is like you're if you're an adult and you have responsibilities and people count on you you're going to have anxiety and stress mm-hmm. at times mm-hmm. if you work for a living that's going to you know what i mean like we're all going to have difficulties in our life i still have stress i still have anxiety but that's because i'm a grown-up i don't have yeah. that like we were talking about last time, I don't feel like I'm in a room full of sharks and tigers yeah. trying to solve my normal day-to-day problems yeah. and not get eaten by these imaginary enemies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it gives you the space you need to work on the things with your full faculty instead of all of your energy or emotions 
being tied up with stuff from your past or from trauma you've received or just ignoring the alarm bells that are going off in your head, yeah. you're able to focus and, and do work and make progress instead of just getting by. And that for me, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. Like a quota of words is how me and Paul were talking before the podcast. I had a quota of words. And there were only so many calm words I had over the day. And they were usually wasted on clients, uh, employees, peers, stuff like that. So when I get home. You've already used them up. I've, I've used my quota of calm <laughs> words. You either need to listen to me or you don't. And we got to figure it out. And wow. so that's when the knife hand would come out or whatever. It's, uh, you know, yeah. just the, the metaphorical knife hand. So it's just, it's good to know that I can navigate those things. I have the tools to navigate those things. I'm not in a sharp room where everything I bump up against too is going to poke me or whatever, whatever yeah. the analogy you're going to use sharks and tigers, sharks and is. tigers is what I remember the most, yeah. you know, watching your expression. And mm -hmm. then you described it as, I think it was imagine going down a hall with nothing but needles as walls poking you as you run through the hallway or something mm -hmm. of that nature. Yeah. So it's just sharp angles everywhere. That's how I picture it. Trying to navigate through something tight spaces. And, and if you move left or right, being your emotional response left or right or a wrong response left or right that you're going to, you're going to feel a negative response to that. Mm. So it is, um, I feel like I've been renewed, not necessarily like fixed, but renewed. Um, it's highly recommended to anyone. So before we get to the moment of which this procedure happened and then the time, you know, maybe a 48 hour span thereafter and stuff, but Leading up to that, you had set up the appointment and, and you and your wife flew up there to Maryland mm -hmm. to, to meet with uh, Dr. Mulvaney. And what was your thought kind of leading up to that? What were you, were you having anxiety or thinking, okay, will this work or oh, yeah. big time? Yeah. Me and Angelo actually had a big talk about it about two days before I left. Like, what if this doesn't work? And mm -hmm. to put it into perspective, then we're, we're where we are right now. There's no, it's, there's no negative effect. There's no con, right? Yeah. It's not going to kill you. It's not like it's life threatening. It is. Hey, let's see if this works. The price of it, it's worth trying. Yeah. That's so when you sat down, I'm just curious when you sat down with Dr. Mulvaney, you know, was it one of these things of, hey, th this may work, this may not, these are the side effects, this, that, and the other? Did you run through anything like that, or was it? I mean, he gives you a little brief about how he's going to do it, and he and then he asks you, is it okay if I proceed? Yeah. Then yes, and then he gets the needle in his hand, he's like, is it okay if I proceed? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's but there, the only thing that was initially brought up to me as a side effect, or not a side effect, but a con if you will was one infection but dr mulvaney is he's a grown-up and a professional and he's not going to use any like i wouldn't get one of these on the street i wouldn't go to the flea market and get an fgb right, right. But yeah. go to a doctor so yeah. there's that and um two like if how it's guided so um i know a lot of not a lot but some vas do a like a nuclear guided where it's like an, an x-ray, but there's another form of how they got it. And it's, I wouldn't opt for that because I've seen what a, a true expert can do. 
Yeah. So, I'm, so, so describe the procedure. One of you guys, both, whatever. Describe, you know, when somebody's listening to this and they they're now hearing, okay, this it led up to this. There's a needle in this guy's hand. Mm-hmm. You know, if they haven't listened to the previous episode where Paul, maybe you de- you describe it a little bit, it might be helpful to share now for somebody who's listening. This is what happens. So, are you a were you a two three or a three four? Um, you mean as far as location? Yeah. Um, I did both. You did both. So yeah, you I did went, two, three, and three, four. Okay, yeah, did, so one low in my neck, one mm-hmm. a little bit higher. So I did a three, four on both sides, and it was. I was nervous at first, and he said, "Are you going to proceed?" He numbed me. I started looking at the the ultrasound. Yep. You see the needle go in. He plays around with you a little bit. Like there's your jugular. There's that swallow make stuff move around. He's like, I know exactly where this needle is. Um, anyway, he does the injection. This is a local anesthetic, local anesthetic. It's the, the local anesthetic goes on your skin to eliminate the prick. Yep. And then the ropivacaine goes or ropivacaine or it's like lidocaine, but that, that's what he actually is injecting in the SGB. And that numbs the nerve center that stimulates fight or flight. Your your eyes starts drooping, your face starts drooping. That means it's successful. It means it's successful. And funny for me, um, it normally takes somebody like five minutes for it to work. It was the five minute mark, and they're like, "We're not seeing it. We're not seeing it." And then they waited some more. Seeing what? The droop. The droop. Sorry. And then That's right. at the eleven minute mark, it started to happen, and it hit like a ton of bricks. Wow. Um, Did it freak you out? No, because because of my experience with Paul and because yeah. I had a little bit of knowledge beforehand, right. you knew what to expect. And, and when I you was, say it hit you like a ton of bricks, like what was the sensation that you... So the tension from my chest and my back, my shoulders, base of my neck, it like it sounds corny because everybody uses it, it's taking off a rug. Wow. Dropping a rug. It's the exact, the exact sensation. Mm. A load coming off. You feel like you... Do you have some regret? Because you're like, I've been living like this for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't I hear about this sooner? Uh, I had a little bit of anger because I was like, I I didn't have to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. I could have felt like this instead. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then Doc kind of talks with you a little bit, make sure you're good, make sure all your faculties are there. Um, and that's when the emotional release happened. And it was it was a lot like I said, a lot of big feelings and then you that to, quick. You get to chill in a room for 20 minutes and then your wife's downstairs and you give her the biggest hug you've ever given her in public, apparently in the last 10 years. I didn't realize <laughs> that, but, but you were reminded, but yeah. I was reminded. And, um, yeah, it was. And then oddly enough, I went back to the hotel and I crashed for about three hours. Yeah. I was so relaxed. I just like, she's like, what do you want to do? I was like, well, my face is drooping. I don't really want to go out. Let's go back to the room. And I just went to sleep, took a nap. So Angela wasn't in the room. She, was, she, she wasn't allowed in the she office. She wasn't allowed. Because of coronavirus? Because of coronavirus. She was down in the lobby. I know that had to kill Angela, just yeah. knowing. Yeah. I mean, as a nurse, well, two things. I I would want my wife there as a nurse as oh, well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then secondly, you know, I know they would want to be there as well, mm-hmm. just so they could witness. And, of course, having any kind of procedure done, it's always nice to have that person there so they could see a different perspective yeah. and a medical perspective mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, that must have been very difficult, her waiting just until you come down and then waiting 
for what is what is the sign, you know, kind of thing. What is yeah. the sign you're going to provide her? Yeah. So I guess that was the hug. But the cool thing about Doc Mulvaney is he's like, what's your wife's phone number? Gave him the phone number. He called her while I was in my, uh, after the injection, and like gave her an update. And it was just. That's nice. Super just down to earth. Gave her all the ins and outs of, you know, watch out for this, do this type stuff. Um, and yeah, it was all in all a 10 of 10 experience would definitely do it again. So when you say all the emotions hit you, so these are things that you, you didn't, um, automatically experience on a normal basis. They were harder to experience. Kind of help me and the listeners understand like, you know, why was it such an emotional relief at that moment? And how was it, why was it different? It was, for me, it was a culmination of you didn't have to feel like this, but you were. You didn't have to be so short with everybody, but you were. You didn't have to feel like that all the time, but you did. You had, you ran out of words for your family, all this stuff that could have been. And then there was some other emotions in there as well where you know, you have some regret regret for the way you feel because there's people that felt worse than that. People that lost their lives for that. Mm. There's people that, I don't know, it's just, it was a lot of big feelings. That's all a lot once. of nanosecond. Yeah, and it's a lot of stuff that goes through your head really quick and you're just, I don't know if you felt the same way, but it was just a lot of, you got injured, but it's hard to, show that injury because of, it, of of the mechanism of injury or the way you were injured or the 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 wounds sustained weren't it'd be easy if you got shot right you have a gunshot wound right here not saying anyone that got shot it's yeah easy. but it's a non-visible sure it wound yeah. yeah yeah um so i just that's that's my take on it that's where all those feelings came from was a lot of there's a lot of what ifs and stuff like that that came up and you paul for me it was just this profound sense of relief for something that I, you suffer with certain things for so long that you forget that it didn't always feel that way. And so for me, it took me back to a feeling that I'd forgotten. Mm. And then I remembered like, I just used to feel like this all the time. I just used to the normal good. It was like a nostalgic emotion at that point. Yeah. 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 I was like, Holy smokes. And like when we first talked about it, I was like, I felt like it turned back the clock 10 or 15 Mm -hmm. years to when I wasn't, this way and that's yeah to me that's why i'm such a proponent of this is because i know if i'm feeling this way there's hundreds of thousands of vets out there that are also feeling that way Mm -hmm. and you don't have to Mm -hmm. and you can feel like the old guy that you were or the old gal that you were thankfully it's a procedure that a lot more people are paying attention to and have reached out um one way or the other to both of us and um, I, I don't know that they're all going to Dr. Mulvaney. Obviously, that's who we, we recommend or who we send them to, yeah. only because that's who you had it done by. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we wanted to um, share that same knowledge. But, yeah, I think it's it's something that I wish, if it is a game changer like we're talking about, that I wish more veterans would at least look into and do the proper due diligence. Mm-hmm. Because so many of them that have come on this show and, you know, 
we're at this point right now, we've taped additional episodes, but I think we've launched 260 episodes. And out of all of those, there's a there's a theme that runs through many of the veterans that we've spoke to in those episodes over these five years. Yeah. And the symptoms and the things that are talked about are stuff that they just have to deal with on a daily basis. But what you're talking about is a simple procedure that they may find relief. And it's so non-invasive. Like that's a big selling point for me is that I don't have to go to talk therapy and cry my eyes out. And then if you've ever done, if you've ever done talk therapy in earnest, it's taxing. It is. And you're exhausted afterwards and you have to set aside a day and it's useful, but it takes a long time. And when you talk about, you know, you do hyperbaric for TBI, it takes a long time. Um, the effects are good, but sometimes they're not mm-hmm. as profound. With this, you have a very small gauge needle. They inject it into your neck. They watch the needle on, on an ultrasound. They, you're watching as well. Mm-hmm. Everything's being explained to you as it happened. You can see where uh, Doc Mulvaney is, has inserted this needle. And he's talking through everything, so you're. I mean, it's obvious he knows what he's doing, right? So, you, so you're at ease as well. Yeah. And then it's done, and you feel better. I almost think it's almost simple enough to where you can put it in an SRP cycle or reverse SRP cycle. Uh, you totally could. Where this is just a station, right? You're yeah. going to give your blue book back, or you're yeah. going to do your DA form, whatever, and then. You go to doc. Yeah. And and the, the risk, I mean, have you gotten a flu shot in a Walgreens mm-hmm. or a CVS before? Yeah, I actually got it in the grocery store you know, and yeah, say, by yeah. the uh, pharmacist. Sure. Yeah. And they say, you know, keep it dry. You could get infected. Yeah. It's the same as any injection, yep. you know, and we are in a completely sterile environment run by a very professional staff. So, you know, yeah. it, it, at least as far as my understanding as a layperson, it's as safe as a flu shot in that regard. Yeah. So... Fast forward three hours later after the nap. I got up and went to dinner with a buddy from Basic who lives in the D.C. area. And he, it was awesome. Like yeah. We went out with him and his girlfriend, and me and Angela went out with them. Um, one thing, we sat outside. I never sat outside. Yeah. Ever. Like, I hate it. Just really? Why not? Wow. It's just it, part of your... Part of, part of this, one of my things, like... I would, we sat outside in in Annapolis and old town Annapolis. There's like these, they're on the, you're literally on the street and you're, there's three story buildings all around you everywhere. There's people walking around you. And I would never have been comfortable enough to do that unless I was highly inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was, we went to dinner. It was awesome. I could, after the nap, I woke up and I think that's when it really became real was this is this didn't go away this is i went to sleep and we're good and then each day i wake up i find it's easier waking up in the morning it's easier going to sleep at night it's easier to drive the speed limit or five miles an hour over it is easier to go to the grocery store right um i'm not scared of the aisles in the middle anymore I can answer my phone without that jolt of 
I know. Every time I've texted you, you've actually texted back. There you go. I'm a terrible communicator. (laughs) And yeah, but I'm just, you know, there's a jolt of adrenaline that goes through you and you're like, do I answer or do I not? Yeah. That that was a literal struggle every time. And I'm, I'm a guy that gets 30, 40 calls a day and 30 or 40 times a day. I was looking at the phone going, I really don't want to answer that because it's always bad news. Well, it's not always bad news. Sometimes it's just news. Sometimes it's good news. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's bad news. But it's not always bad news. So this has been helpful to you at work as well. Oh, it's made me a better project manager, 100%. I'm a better communicator. And that's all project management is, is communicating up and down laterally. And Mm -hmm. it has 100% made me better. That's That's fantastic. Awesome, man. No, it's really cool to hear because, you know, again, I'm getting to where, just based on you guys, um... You know, when I listen to individuals, I'm now, you can ask Paul, hitting up Paul and going, so let me let me ask you, so is this somebody that could really benefit from SGB, you know, just based on this, this, and this, you know? And, you know, I, I find myself really wanting to reach out to individuals and go, wow, you, need, you really need to check into this. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to be more readily available to not just veterans, but Anyone who's a veteran of life, Paul just got to say it. Everybody has stress. Everybody's an adult. There's no reason that this shouldn't be a mechanism to help people with stress before we go to a narcotic solution, a benzodiazepine solution, whatever it is. Yeah. Xanax shouldn't be used unless somebody's had an SGB first. Like, th- think I'm about the you. medical providers that. I can't sleep. Here's Ambien. I can't. I'm stressed out. Well, here's Xanax. Um, My knee hurts. Here's whatever. Percocet. Yeah. I mean, it is just a way, one, it'll keep costs down for everybody. Two, it is non-invasive. Three, it is as simple as the stuff they put on on their gums before you go to the, the dentist. Which, which is amazing to me. And I know that people that are listening to this. So they're going to find it probably the way the anxiety that, that you uh, went into this and I would have coming into this and people I've shared with, well, this is basically what, you know, Kyle's going to have done. And they'd be like, oh, my God, you know, because the first thing I think of is a needle's going up your neck or, mm-hmm. you know, by your, your ear brain. or whatever and yeah. going up. And yeah, and it's like, uh, so is that going to like jack him up? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, is it going to numb a part of his brain that basically he's not even going to be, you know, he's going to uh, be a vegetative. State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um. The big thing that helped me was the 60 Minutes interview with Doc. Yeah. I watched that, and that was... So when did that come out? A couple of years ago. A couple of years okay, ago. so yeah. in other words, it's not something that's very recent. This is something that, you know, you can find, and it's been out for a couple of years. Which it's, is sort of infuriating. It is, because if... So at that time frame, was he doing it on... I didn't watch the special, so was he... At that time frame, working with um, veterans or LEOs or something of that nature who might be more prone to... Um, it, primarily, he's been doing it with veterans. Literally fighting the same fight he's fighting in 2020. Wow. Wow. We're talking 24 months later then. Yeah, then. It's yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's been longer than that. It's been out for a very long... It, like It's existed for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Mulvaney is one of the ones who created this process and figured yeah. it out. But like we said before, you can imagine... If you're in healthcare to make money, mm-hmm. yes, and anxiety is going to your best answer for anxiety right now is a pill. 
that you're going to have to take for the rest of your life. And you're going to have to take more and more of it because the more of a, a benzo that you take, the more that you're going to need. Or if you're incentivized to provide a prescribed medication. Sure. I mean, <laughs> what's more expensive, taking a, a prescription medication for the rest of your life or you go in, you get a shot, you feel better for a long period of time. And this may be years. So from a financial perspective, if you're trying to make money, of course there's going to be some resistance. And it's unbelievable. That's the other aspect of it. I think why people yeah. may show some resistance is because they think, well, this is just a miracle cure or, cure or whatever. It's not a miracle cure. Like I said, I, you're still going to have stress. You're still going to have anxiety. Uh, you're still going to have to deal with your baggage, your grief, your the things you experienced while you were overseas or whatever caused you to have this, this response. This just gives you clarity to be begin working on it. It's going to give you more of your energy, your focus, and your faculty to yeah. to focus on the positive solution instead of, like you said, you you only had so many uh, calm words yeah. in a day. You know, I only had so much energy in a day to be to put on my brave face and go be a normal human being. Yeah. And then I go back to my apartment and I crash out or I zone out or I isolate or whatever. Now at the end of the day, I still have gas in the tank. Mm -hmm. So I can take a look at the things that have been bothering me. I can address the real world problems that I have, whether they're professional or personal or in a relationship or whatever they may be. And then I can work on my future instead of just getting by today. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what you get out of it. So, you know, it's it's hard because you, you you go on the news or you have an interview or you have to give somebody your elevator pitch on this thing and they they think you're selling a miracle cure mm-hmm. and it's not it's not a miracle like we know how it works and you know it's it's, 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 it's a piece of the puzzle. I know, but I think a lot of people will listen to this and there's going to be some skepticism. I mean, unless you sure. know individuals like I know you two, then you know you'd be very hesitant to go in and approach it unless you feel like, all right, you know, and, and it's great that you felt trust in Paul in such a short time frame. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's a big step, I think, for some people, but yet you also may be at a point that you're listening to this and you go, geez, if it can just give me 10% relief. And that was it for me. Like I was, your return on investment is, there's only upside to it. You're, yeah, you're out some money and some time if it doesn't work, but if it does work, holy shit. Yeah, game changer. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that, you know, what What are you willing to do to get two or three more hours of sleep at night or two or three more hours of productive Or save your marriage or... Yeah, or just imp- give you a chance your kids to be you. open to saving <laughs> exactly. your marriage, you yeah. know, or just give you more positive time with your children. Like, what well, versus... This is the thing that I think people don't realize. Like, Kyle, you're productive. You're successful. You're you're getting it done. And you're doing it while you're suffering. Yeah. And so many people are in that position. And you get desperate. You got to do something. And so they turn to things that have very, very high consequences like opioids or benzos. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, I'm going to do my best to sort of dance with the devil and hope that I don't become chemically dependent or that Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, lose, you know, some of these drugs, you can't do your job. If you're an equipment operator, you're driving for work, you need a high level of mental acuity and focus. You can't take pain pills all day. You can't take 
anxiety medication. If you can't sleep. Not in function. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're caught between this rock and the hard place, which is where I felt like I was. Right. And, and still am because of my physical injuries, you know, where I'm in so much pain, I can't do the things I need to which do. Which is something that the shot is not going to take care of. Yeah. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. But it'll you know? give him clarity to work on those those mechanisms of pain to where he's not just, like you said, spending all your energy just getting through the day. With a that. marshmallow. Yeah. 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 Well, it, you know, I can... I can problem solve more, more yeah. effectively. Well, yes. oh, so the, oh, now I'm curious. Based on that, you you go back to work. You know, after this procedure has been performed, I don't know if you shared the news with anybody there at work, or was it something that they noticed? Kyle, there's there's something different here. My supervisor, my senior project manager, I came in that Monday and was like, "You look really good. You look completely different." All the things that Paul said. Um, but he knew before you left? He knew before I left. I had to let him know. Yeah. I mean, he knew my background before, um, like kind of right after I got hired there. Yeah. You, you, you got to share that kind of stuff with people that are going to be dealing with you on a daily basis. And yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm, I read great. It's, it's a perfect fit. But there's this other thing. Some days, Kyle's just not going to want to deal with it. There's some, there's some downside here, too. Um, yeah. And so you have to share. I feel find that it's easier to share that early and often. You don't go in there telling war stories, but you're just like, hey, dude, like some days I have bad days. Know that I really want to have, I really want to do a good job all the time. Um, and let me know when I need to quit having a bad day and I can, <laughs> I can muscle through it. Um, and so he's really, um, he's really, hip to the military lifestyle. His cousin just got out of uh, Bragg. Uh, was it third group up there? Third group. Third oh, yeah. Third group's at uh, Bragg. Yeah. yeah. He just got back from, he, he was at, he was stationed at Bragg. He was a yeah. third group. He just got out. But, um, okay. so he, he kind of knows uh, somewhat. He's remotely familiar with the lifestyle and knows how it is sometimes. Sometimes you just don't want to deal. Yeah. And, um, I feel like the job actually helped me get through that a little bit on my own before the SGB and the SGB is just taking it to that whole next level. This is where you become kind of the spokesperson um, as well. So I'm curious, like, you know, his brother coming back from third group. I mean, the first thing I thought of when you said that was, Hmm. All right. Yeah. Is, is this something perhaps he's going to maybe start looking to see if there are signs there or say, Hey, dude, there's somebody you need to talk to. Yeah. You know? I mean, if, if there is, I, I pray and hope that someone reaches out. Um, like I said, I don't think this should be just labeled as a veteran, a veteran thing or anything like that. I think it should just be an adult thing. Like adults have stress. Any, anyone has stress, whether it's a single mom or stay at home mom for that matter, or, you know, these doctors and nurses and EMTs that are seeing what they're seeing every day through this whole year, um, you know, police officers, firemen, whomever, if you have stress, I, I, I think it's just, it's money ahead getting it done. <laughs> and I would be willing to go back next year, the same day, or the same week in November, First week in November could be my SGB week. I don't care. Yeah. I would go get it done in a heartbeat. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 
It's just so, I mean, before the podcast, you guys were saying, you know, that I need to go have it done. And it's funny because for the, my whole life I've dealt with stress. I've dealt with anxiety, mm-hmm. dealt with feeling like I needed to do more, you know, to overachieve and, and those types of things. And um, because of that, that, of course, added additional stress. And then yeah. you do things like change jobs, um, move, you know, build a house, whatever the case may be, that starts adding to it. Mm-hmm. And you have multiple layers of stress that then get there. Um, but it seems odd to me for me to be somebody to stand in line when there are several people like yourselves that need to be standing there ahead of me, if that makes any sense. you know. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there that they look at their service record or they look at their situation and they think, well, I don't have it so bad because somebody has it worse yeah and sure that's exactly how i look well, at it well frankly yeah. it's bullshit well yeah <laughs> the, well, thanks, look, there, there's always going to be somebody that has it worse yeah uh, that doesn't diminish your own suffering it doesn't diminish what you feel and it doesn't mean that you don't deserve to have all the things in life that you can earn so mm-hmm. you know if you're listening and you're out there and you're thinking okay well i was you know not caban arms or i was not this or that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you know what you're feeling. Stress and, is relative. Yeah. And, and pain yeah, is relative. True. And and suffering is relative. And if you're yeah. feeling it, you, you don't have to. You know, well, there are factors. There are factors like getting additional poor health because of it. You know, exactly. like, yeah, you're, you're causing further downstream effects. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it, yeah. Well, yeah, we know that stress hormones are bad for your body and they're bad for your longevity and they cause other effects. So don't sell yourself short, you know, and it doesn't matter if you were combat arms or soft or whatever, it doesn't matter. That's, that's irrelevant. If it's available to you and you can get it, get it because you not getting it doesn't mean that somebody who you arbitrarily think deserves it more than you is going to get it. Mm -hmm. And, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, be strong so you can carry more. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't help the people around you. Yep. And if you're not well, then you're not able to help those people that you think are more deserving. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself first. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Like make sure you're in, in good, in good stead so that you can go out and you can, help those people that you think are, are more worthy or more deserving. I think I've, I've heard somebody say one time, it's sort of like being on the airlines where, uh, yeah. where they tell you to put you the know, mask, put on your mask. The person. Next That's thing. right. Yeah. Especially if there's somebody who are, you know, younger or whatever, mm-hmm. and, or somebody who needs your assistance anyway. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good point. And I, I think we, you know, especially if we're, we're talking about just veterans and stuff or people on active duty, we like to think that we take care of ourselves, but what usually happens is we get out of our um, uh, the, our standard or the way we held ourselves within the military. We don't do physical training nearly as much as we should. Mm-hmm. You know, we get away from getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go and run five or six miles. There's still some guys that go out there. I know Jocko Willink takes pictures of black and white pictures of his watch every morning at four thirty a.m. <laughs> if you look at his Instagram page, that's all you see is his, his watch. Um, but I'm not one of those guys and I think I'm not alone here and that a lot of guys, um, end up and gals, whatever, a lot of people just end up, you know, letting life kind of suck them in and not realizing there's a lot of other things out there and not living in the moment. 
and then allowing then the stresses on top of that to compound it when you're not in a healthy environment. Yeah. So. Uh, especially when you come from somewhere where you're expected to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have you had to tough it out and then you get used to it and then you're out of the military and you're toughing it out mm-hmm. and there's always something, you know, that the check engine lights on, but you got more important things to do and you're going to get to it when you get the free time, except we don't get the free time. Do we, Mm-mm. unless yeah. we make it. A big thing for me at that point was how am I teaching my kids how to deal with stress if they see me act like this? So it mm, is a good point. You know what I mean? Like they're, 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 they may not relate it to stress at that moment. You may have to explain that many years later. Yeah, yeah. but that at that point they're six four and two. They're pliable at this point. They're taking yes. in everything. They're a sponge. Yep. Yep. So their reaction, although they don't, it doesn't come from the same place. They're kind of mirroring my reaction, and that's not okay with me. That's yeah. not okay at that point. And now I'm liking, I'm liking the way that they're handling things and. You know, we're we're working on it together. We're trying to be we're trying to be, you know, able to take things on, process them, process them and then do the right thing based off of the all the information we have. Yeah. And that's that's the only thing that's the thing that I want to echo from this is they are going to see a better version of how to react to everyday stress, high level stress, low level stress, anything. Yeah, because <clears throat> you know they're going to encounter it. Yep. And I think that's the thing, like you accurately identified that, is they may not know it now, but they've seen your reaction, and then they're going to ha- find themselves in a high-stress situation. You're not going to be around. They're going to think back to your example. Yeah. And now they have a good example yeah. to follow versus... I, I don't think it's just that, as, as well as also there is something that you're planting as a seed with inside them that you don't you don't realize has downstream effects as well mm-hmm. that it's not just oh i seen you react to stress it's more of you created an environment for me that was not very loving caring yeah. pleasant everything else and so you end up carrying that baggage perhaps to your children yes. and you know your life and the things that you do and being destructive and, yeah. and everything else and you may not know that there is something that you're harboring that goes back to a very young experience. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because one of the things we try to do within the podcast is listen to our guests and at times try to find, you know, when they're talking about things, what are, what are those things that they're harboring, they're bottling up or that, that happened in their life. And it could be something very early that caused them to not have the confidence they should not have, you know, uh, not being able to deal with stress or anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that to a much later age because somebody pointed it out to me and what it perhaps was. And they ended up being spot on, like as if they're a palm reader. Yeah. You know, and it takes a very affluent, very, you know, smart person to be able to pick those things out. And this happened to be somebody who impacted my life by doing it. But, you know, you're right. You, you don't realize those things. But if you're listening to this, you know, and you're an individual that, is quick to anger, um, is somebody that, you know, constantly destroys everything that you're doing. You know, you, mm-hmm. you try to work hard, but yet at the same time frame, you try to kill everything and destroy everything. And, yeah. you know, those types of things. There may be all kinds of different signs that they're hearing from this thing. And they're going to relate to it, um, especially if they go back and listen to your episode. You know, Paul's been on enough that you can, you can hear all the things that Paul's done and, you know, the things that you've experienced in life and everything. Then, 
then they should start to see that, hey, you know what? Maybe if I have something like this simple procedure, it'll give me some relief. And like I said, even for some people, it could be as little as if I can get 10%, 20%, 50% relief. Hey, that's a win for me. Yeah. Geez, if I could get it to where it lasts a year, two years, three years, five years, a lifetime. Yeah. I got the golden ticket. Absolutely. Um, I will say that Doc was pretty adamant, like staying out of stressful situations, um, staying out of those things that remind you of stressful situations. I love the homework. Yeah. <laughs> Doc was, he was, um, he was very informative, but he, um, it was cool. He referenced the greatest generation, like the greatest generation would have been the perfect data group for this because oh, they, they totally. didn't talk about anything. Right. Yep. But if they got the shot, they would have been, they'd been good to go. Yeah. One, they don't talk about it. They were just, yeah. you know, tough enough and, you know, whatever. And I thought that was, that was really cool to harken back to that was he was like, you think about the greatest generation. They didn't, how many times did your grandfather talk about world war two? And he, he didn't. Or the Depression. He, I didn't, I didn't or, even know my grandfather was in World War II. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling until you. Until he yeah. died. Yeah. Well, I, he was a, I knew he was a merchant marine, but he was also in the Army. Right? Yeah. I had no idea he was in the Army. Well, and like yeah. I knew my uncle was quiet and everything. Mm-hmm. And then later on, um, I discovered that he was not only in World War II as an Army guy, but he also got captured by the Germans. And it was a German boy that let him escape. And he, you could see, you know, that he was for the most part, um, to himself all the time, you know, and he was very quiet and everything else. And I always wonder why that was different. And that was what the family would say. It was like, well, you know, Uncle Kenneth had this thing happen. And then you kind of understood it somewhat. Um, But you're right. There was a lot of things later on that caught up with him. The demons finally met up. Mm -hmm. And I, God, I wish wish these types of things would have been available. Yeah, I think it would have changed the... They didn't call it post-traumatic stress they didn't call shell, it traumatic it brain injury yeah, or, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, war it was just it was war, war. yeah yeah <clears throat> well and the way you're acting is just you're just being a man you're quiet you're isolated you're withdrawn yeah. that's you're suck just, it up yeah. yeah that's just how men are Hell, i pass that on to my kids yeah. suck it up that's <laughs> men and women in combat yeah. you know and yeah the impact that this is having is tremendous there's a massive amount of man hours and productivity that is just lost mm-hmm. because people are suffering and they're not operating at their full capacity. And just being proactive is a benefit because then it's one more thing when you're trying to work through these things that are causing you to suffer that you can just check off the list. That didn't work, fine. But you went, you did it. Now you have a, a smaller list of things to try mm-hmm. and you're, you're one step closer to the solution. So... You know, and that's like you said, you had somebody identify like some of the ways that you're acting or thinking or that are shaping your behaviors. That's from this event in your past or Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. thing you experienced. That's the benefit of, you know, seeking out therapies and treatments, whether it's talk therapy or SGB or, um, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I like that. He mentioned to both of you guys having the homework and this is only one. It's a procedure. It is going to provide a, um, a, some set of relief or mm-hmm. you may have seized changes or whatever. But like he said, you still got work to do. This, this is just going to allow you now to proceed forward with those things that you have to do. And if you don't do those things, you still may have the relief yourself, but the downstream effects 
yeah. the maybe other aspects of your life are not going to change, mm-hmm. you know, personally, even that's, that's solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. just, okay, here's the cure all you're done. Everything's yeah. great. Enjoy your life. He was like, yeah. he wants his data back. He wants his week. He wants his month. He wants, yeah. I'm sure he's going to ask for a three or six month yep. and probably a year. He wants his data. His data is big. His data is the most important thing. Do this whole thing for other veterans at this point is getting the data in place to where he can present it to the people that make decisions at the VA level to make this available nationwide. Yeah. It's sad that you have to do as much as you, these guys have to do in order to present that when, again, if you prove cost benefit, mm-hmm. it doesn't cost that much. The benefit is this, it, it risk are low you know, yada, yada, yada. Why, why is all that required? Um, and especially since he's been doing it or it's been around for a long period of time and, and assisting veterans. And uh, quite honestly, I guess I would have assumed that when you have good information like this, that it would have spread rapidly and it would have been, we wouldn't heard about it two or three years ago, as opposed to, you know, now. Well, I don't watch 60 Minutes. <laughs> this is where you follow your conspiracy theory web of why this isn't happening. Yeah. That, that's for another yeah. episode, but yeah, you should have Angela on for that one. She, can, <laughs> she will thrash the drug companies really quick. So. Well, a lot probably should. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, sure. it's just interesting because, you know, typically when veterans hear of good things, they end up spreading it and it did, but it, unfortunately it was being spread by word of mouth. And so it was one at a time mm-hmm. in a slow, slow, yeah. steady trinkle movement where it finally got to you. And then of course we're sitting here with Kyle on his episode, just talking about his background and everything. And then it was the perfect leading and setup because I had told Paul prior to your episode and us taping that, you know, Kyle might be able to benefit from this. Yeah. And so when you got into that whole segment, it was a perfect opportunity to for Paul to drop the bomb and, yeah. you know, throw it out there and everything. Um, but I think since then, other people are starting to hear about it, whether it's from this episode or whatever. I just know that people are now yeah. starting to hear about it more and more. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of um, people reaching out on social media. Mm-hmm. And some of them, they're concerned with their spouses or someone they know in the military. Some of them are veterans and they say, hey, what's this about? And one of the most interesting conversations I had was um, a friend of mine who's a spouse of a service member. She's like, how does this work and blah, blah, blah. And I sent her an interview, the 60 minutes interview. And she goes, oh, it's not some magic cure. That's great. And that's the thing that like kind of struck me was it it isn't a magic cure. It's something that's going to help you. Mm -hmm. And like we've been saying, you still have work to do. But I think that's lends a lot of credibility to the efficacy of this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a compound problem that we're facing as veterans. We have physical injuries. We have transition stress to deal with. Losing your your entire social network to the extent that you do when you ETS from the military. Mm-hmm. Your identity. Is, your identity, mm-hmm. your status. Your what friend. you believe to be your identity. What you believe yeah. to be yes. your identity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... That's traumatic in and of itself. Yeah. And then you have to start over completely. And then you have to rebuild your sense of self-worth and your external worth and achieve status somehow. And you have to keep your family life together at the same time. And you have all of these injuries and you have this 
you know, psychological trauma or grief or whatever it is that you're dealing with. I mean, that's, there's not a single shot in the world that's ever going to fix all of that. Right. But being able to gain some traction. Yeah. And, you know, address what's going on. Rather than going up into a fetal position and just giving up and just going, oh my God, this is just too much to handle. Yeah. I mean, it's like I was down to my bayonet and I'm like, fuck, I'm still in the fight. (laughs) And I just got resupplied and now I got a full canteen and fresh magazine and I can get back in there. Yeah. Doc looked at my feet. I got dry socks. That's right. (laughs) I drank some water. I faced out. I took a knee. Kyle, I'm so glad that uh, you did come on the show and, and hear about this and that you had the procedure done. I think it's uh, pretty cool. hope to keep up with you about more about how this is going. I know you're going to be letting Sean know, Dr. Mulvaney, about all the updates and everything else, but I'm also on that wanting to know, all right, how, how's it going? You know, and yeah. how long is it lasting? And, you know, we all know that it's going to react differently to mm-hmm. each person but it'll be interesting to see just how this does for you, especially since you're kind of so close to the family. So, yeah. so just a message for everybody out there, do your research. Don't do anything off of my word. Don't do anything off of Paul's word. Do your research. Do what you think is right. I promise if you do the research, you will at least see merit in this. Not necessarily something you want to pull the trigger on, but you'll at least see merit in it. If this was an ACL you'd want to get that ACL repaired. There's still work to do after that ACL is repaired. You still have to do physical therapy. So there's still stuff to do. It's not, you're not just going to fix it with this one thing. It's going to help it, but then you have to put in work too. So that's, that's the message I would like to send everybody is that's it. It's going to take, it's going to take Doc Mulvaney doing what he does best. And then you trying and trying and wanting and opening up and, you know, demanding yourself be better. Couldn't have said it better. 